was live on custom live stream. You were live. Listen, we're trying. We're trying out here to have a custom something. Hey, hey, Jerrica, how's it going? I'm doing well. It says we're live in all in all the places. I'm going to confirm right now that we are. Happy Wednesday to you and happy Wednesday to everybody who is watching all over. Yep, we're live. We're live on Facebook. We're live on we're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitch. We're on Periscope and Twitter. And we're also, I could see us your beautiful faces over on lovecityarts.org as well beautiful yeah how you doing friend i'm great friend how are you i'm doing great if you all are watching and you can hear us just fine um just give us a little bit of a shout i'm gonna go on the back end into um my little stream portal here and see uh what i can see in the ways of everybody chiming in and chatting so that i can communicate those Here we are. Oh, four viewers already. Let us know who you are. We can't see you unless you give us a little shout. So, anyway, a nice little shout. Oh, David Kwong Pham says, all ears. How are we sounding out there, David Kwong Pham? Give me some peace because you know we've been having... <laughs> we've been having some... Issues over the last couple weeks, but here we are. We're joined this week by the wonderful and beautiful Jerrica. How's it going? Man, it's been a week. It's actually flying, though. I'm really grateful for that. I know sometimes I get a little antsy with the work week. Like, and how can mm -hmm. we get to the end of it? But the pace is good. The pace is good. The pace is good. The pace is good. Well, the thing that I always invite people to do, this is like our third week of uh, <laughs> the third season of Love City Live, The Good Report. And the thing that I forgot to bring from the old version into this version was the fact that we usually at the top of every episode to kind of ground ourselves, we just breathe for a little bit together. Would you be open to that? I would love that. Okay. All right. So we're just going to... Hmm? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, we're going to put our feet flat on the ground, the floor, the bed, whatever is your nearest grounding thing. And we're just going to start breathing together and kind of anchoring ourselves in what will be a present moment like nothing else that we've ever experienced. Jerrica's here. I'm here. You're here. Uh, David says we've got good decibels going out into the world with our love stream right now. So that. what more do we need? Nothing. Jerrica, me, some some good jams and some good decibels. Take, I love it. Take a breath, everybody. Five minutes past the top of the hour. We'll never be in this five-minute marker past the top of the hour ever again. A very special moment because we have each other and the reason why the good report was created was to have a spot where we could consistently be together 
and not gather in in a mode of sadness or heaviness, but gather in a mode of upliftment, if that's a word that I can make up on the fly. So here we are at six minutes now past the top of the hour, and I'm inviting everyone who's gathered, even if you only stay for a moment, just take this moment to breathe. The biggest breath that you've breathed all day. Let's just go. Here we go. And in some traditions, they say that that right there was the meditation. That was the moment of clarity right there. That one breath that we took. Um, I come from traditions, Jerrica, that ask me to save people's soul and to set them free from this and that. And I want folks to know that this next hour and a half ain't got shit to do with that. Period. <laughs> It's a new opportunity for us. Yeah. It's a new opportunity for us to choose how we want to engage our joy and how we want our joy to be made full. Anyway, I want to. I'm gonna stop babble, babbling at seven minutes past the top of the hour. One thing I may do is reach over here and grab an angel card that will lead my first question about you and for you. Um, and so we're, we're leaving on a midnight train to Georgia. All right. So I'm going to let you tell me when, when to stop. Thanks everybody watching over on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Um, let us know who you are and where you're watching from and we'll be sure to like incorporate any questions or ideas you may have into tonight's good report. I'm shuffling the original angel card deck to see how we're gonna kick off with the beautiful and talented Jerrica White, author of Rape Game, the play. Um, listener and space holder extraordinaire and so many other things that go behind that I am that was on your Instagram. Even the picture that I put up today um, for promo, um, even that has a story in it that, that, that so many people have been intrigued to hear. Yeah. Um, just let me know when. Ooh, 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 okay. Ooh, that's exciting because, oh, wow, okay. We weren't allowed to do none of this growing up in my house. Oh. If you had picked any card that wasn't a Bible card with a Bible <laughs> verse on it, <laughs> do you know? <laughs> what what did you say? There, no board games, no, not allowed in my mama's house. But anyway, the card that we pulled tonight is enthusiasm. Enthusiasm, I love that. Yeah. Enthusiasm. Hey, Jeff Carly, all air horns. I love it. I love it. Tonight's word is enthusiasm. Let's see here. 
Be present with zestful alertness. Loosen your constraints and let your passion for life uplift others and generate new opportunities. Enthusiasm. Be present with zestful alertness. Loosen your constraints and let your passion for life uplift others and generate new opportunities. Wow, wow, wow. Do you want to riff for a little bit as we open about what enthusiasm means to you, Jerrica? Mm-hmm. I know on my own just journey to wholeness, journey to freedom, um, it's been quite easy for me to uplift others. And I think the real work is what it looks like to uplift yourself. And mm-hmm. I love, again, that the word of enthusiasm. And I've been wondering a lot on what does it mean to be enthusiastic about my day to day? What does it mean to be enthusiastic about my purpose? the things that I like to do, the things that I want to do. So I'm touched that that's the word. I think it's so, mm-hmm. it's so beautiful. Um, and that's so exactly where I am in life right now. I love it. I love it. I can tell that you bring an enthusiasm to everything that you touch and everything that you want to engage. Um Tell me about your playwriting. Because, I mean, we're here. The way that I envision this, everyone who's watching right now over on Facebook and YouTube, hey, Jeff, hey, David, good to see y'all tonight. Um, We're all just gathered around this well in the center of Love City, and we're just chatting about life. We're chatting about enthusiasm. We're chatting about the things that make us come alive. We're we're, We're chatting about the things that suck sometimes. Um, The reason why you and I are connected and what brings us here is that I cast a large net for playwrights all over the world and you were one of the ones that that resonated. Um, Tell everyone a little bit about your play and your playwriting and how and how that all brings us together. Sure. So the play that you're referring to is called Rape Game and it is my personal story wrapped into a play of what it's like to deal with sexual assault and to move forward in dating and figuring out how to love although there's this part of yourself that you don't know how to love or you don't know how to express yourself in and um i think my favorite part of it is also just dealing with all right this happened and this is an event that wasn't that happened to me and that was part of my life but also what is the lens in which I am thinking about that experience. So I have characters in there called Black Church, Black Twitter, Black Man, White Church, Spiritual Advisor, on top of the two main characters that the story is following. And those, uh, those characters are really a representative of the main character's subconscious and the people who made her who she is. And woo, <laughs> I think something that I didn't realize when it came to me writing the play was how healing it was going to be for me and how much it was really going to expose to me about that event in my life. Um, I've been sharing with close friends that I didn't even tell my family about this. I was sexually assaulted in college. I didn't tell my family about it. I had to tell them because I was promoting the play (laughs) and I didn't want anybody to get a screenshot like, 
sis. Now, what is this? Um, so in writing the play, it's been the best gift that I could have given myself. And in turn, I hope that it's a gift that's well received as I give it to the world. Um, and I guess to talk about like my process in playwriting and how I wrote that, uh, I'll start with, I am a poet. So I didn't really know how to approach playwriting. Um, I have, I've loved theater for a very long time. Uh, it's always been my favorite method of telling the story. There's nothing like being in a room with people um, in the live aspect of that and breathing with the people who are on stage and the people who are sitting next to you and the people who are you know behind the scenes and the people who are working at the concessions. There's nothing like that. Um, so I've always been a huge, 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 huge fan. Uh, I moved to New York five years ago and was doing everything but writing, even though I came here to write. Um, I guess when I first got here, I was doing theater reviews and um, writing about like the black, the black theater scene here, uh, which was incredible. And then I did a bit of producing and I still like to do that to this day. Um, but I had a moment maybe about a year ago or a year and some change ago where I really was like, Jerrica, now you know you moved to New York to write, specifically plays and musicals. What are you doing, sis? So <laughs> had to get myself together. Um, I had always looked at different deadlines for writing related opportunities over the years and kind of just noted them like, well, well missed that one. Guess it's not meant to be this year. And last year around this time is when um, I started writing this play because I had checked again <laughs> to see when some deadlines were. It's like, you know what, sis, you don't have a play. You don't even have a full length, really anything written, um, but you're going to do it this year. And when I sat there and made that contract with myself to just honor myself and the things that I said that I wanted to do, um, I locked myself. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I just want to, I just want to anchor that moment, honor myself with the things I said I wanted to do. Yeah. For me, that's a bing bing. We can, we can come back and talk about it, but okay. like, yeah. cause we, how many times do we honor the things that we say we're going to do? And then how many yeah. times do we not? And what are, oh. what are the pros and cons of taking those, those directions, you know? <laughs> oh, sheesh. Yeah. That is a question 100% that I would love to dig into. <laughs> Um, yes. because it's big and it's huge. And I spend a lot of time thinking about that. Um, but yeah, I said, it's time to honor myself and I don't know what I'm going to write. I had started writing a pilot, um, but that didn't feel right to try to transform that into a play. And it just clicked. Like you need to just write your story and, um, it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be hard, but you can do it. So I did it. And I met you after I um, started submitting at different places. And here we are now. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So can you talk, um, Stephen Pressfield, um, you know, talks about the resistance, like the mm -hmm. things that, like that wall of things that you press against when you're trying to get to an actual like published play like what you have or a finished play or play ready for production there's so many things that come against you even like mental 
um, if not physical. Can you talk to the artists that are listening a little bit or a creative that's listening about some of the, the challenges that you had? Sure. Yeah, I think one of the biggest challenges I had was separating myself and my experience from myself as the writer. So as everybody who's an artist can understand, you know, I'm an artist, I'm sensitive about my shit. And at Come some on, point, Erica. I had to just, you know, Erica, we love her. Um, at some point or many points, I really had to sit down and just allow myself to show up in the room only as a writer and not as the person who experienced everything that was written in that play to be able to listen. I mean, cause, cause I could imagine because it's, tra it's a traumatic situation that happened to you. Yeah. Having to show up and actually put your traumatic experience into paper every day has got to be some type of emotional labor that I, that I probably can't even describe. Absolutely. Absolutely. So very hard to separate the two, but I mm -hmm. just got to a point where I knew that I wanted to see the play grow and I wanted it to, I wanted to see it be the best version that it could be. So that was one major <laughs> barrier that I had to get over. And I would say another that's really closely related to that is just being vulnerable. I think being vulnerable is something that I've worked really hard to do in just my personal life but when it comes to okay you wrote a play however you would like to see it produced that's a very collaborative process so just being able to be in rooms with other writers or actors or friends that I would bring in um, in different iterations of this workshopping process and be able to answer the questions, whether it was the personal question or it was a question on, well, what did that mean, sis? Um, is that serving the story well? And not taking it personal and understanding that everybody that's there has a beautiful point of view and there's something that I can learn from it and to be okay with being in process. I think another thing that, um, another thing that I can say about resistance is just understanding that that's a natural part of the process, whether that's things that are holding you back internally, or if it's external forces that feel like it is, you are not getting into whatever residency you want to be in, or these theaters aren't calling you back, or school is, has rejected you, you know, those are all things that I've dealt with for sure, and understanding you can't allow somebody to dictate whether your story deserves to be told or not. You just need to tell the story and do your best to tell it and do your best to, um, to develop it. I love 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 the idea that you're talking about of understanding that you're, you're on the way to where you're going. You're not there yet. Yeah. You're in, you're in process and you've yeah. allowed yourself to kind of have that process. People who are um, watching and listening right now, I want to invite you to drop a, a question. If you have any author related questions or good people related questions, I want to invite you to drop them into the chat for our guest tonight, Jerrica White. Um, uh, please give everyone your Instagram handle right now. Sure, sure. So it's at overzealous, but um, it's not spelled in the way that you would think it's spelled. It is O-V-R-Z-L-O-U-S. 
cool, cool, cool. And Jerrica, where are you originally from in, in, in the world? Yes, I love this question. <laughs> so I am from Cincinnati, Ohio. I will rep it until I know it, okay? Um, <laughs> but is, that yeah. a thing that, is that a thing that happens with people from Ohio? Um, no, viewers, were, were, I mean, viewers and listeners, where are you watching and listening from tonight? Drop that into the, com the uh, comments so that we can keep the conversation going with everyone. But this <laughs> one over here is very excited about being from Cincinnati. I am. Why? Yeah. So my excitement comes from a place of growing up and not really being excited about Cincinnati. And I remember telling my parents one time and just being like, well, I don't understand why anybody would come visit here. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. So it comes from a place of just being unapologetically proud of where I'm from, no matter. If we, got, we got, we got one person saying they're from Michigan. David's from Michigan. Um, I want to dial even a little deeper into this. Tell me about what was, what was, I, mean, I walk around my neighborhood and the kids are playing and learning to ride their bikes on like concrete side, you know, sidewalks. I yeah. learned in grass or dirt and, and, you know, and then eventually um, the, the road. Yeah. Um, tell me about like childhood Jerrica and what were the streets of Cincinnati, Ohio like? Okay, well, childhood Jerrica was a nerd. Um, she was always about a book. Um, like, that was my favorite hobby, reading. I grew up with two younger brothers, so there definitely was a part of me that loved play. Um, it started off as like, oh, we're going to play video games, and went into, oh, okay, well, you play baseball, and you swim, so I'm going to do those things with you at home in our backyard. So, um yeah, the streets of Cincinnati treated me well. I would say the library of Cincinnati treated me well, <laughs> more so than- Give it up for uh, libraries, uh, yes. Yes. And then we've got some other library kids. Kimberly Cousins Jones is on right now from Richmond, Virginia, which is my hometown. And I know that she's a, she's a nurse. And so she's been yeah. under the books and over wow. the books. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for all that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so- <clears throat> Where do you see your artistry moving, especially through this wild and crazy time called COVID? Like, because <laughs> I mean, none of us saw this coming. Yeah. No one saw this coming. So how has, I guess, two parts, heavy bit of a heavy question. How has COVID changed you mm -hmm. is the first part. And then how has COVID um, changed your art. And then we have a question teed up right here that we'll come to. Thank you so much for watching. Kimberly, David, Jeff, and Stacia. Stacia has a question about um, good habits. Um, and Stacia's also in DC. Thank you for watching from DC tonight. Um, the good report. Yeah. It's fun, right? Okay, so how did, how did COVID knock you around or did it knock you around at all? And the, and the reason why I ask the, this for everyone that's listening, the people that are going to listen to the replays of the podcast, I ask this because I believe that everyone's narrative is special in this. And I believe that how you're walking through it could perhaps have deep resonance with someone else who may find um, camaraderie in you or maybe something that they never thought about that's you know close enough to your journey. All right, go for it. Sure. So COVID changed me. Um, and then in the way where it made me focus on myself. Like I mentioned earlier, I love to be there for everybody. 
and Jerrica will be right on the bottom of that list. So I had no choice but to sit down, listen, and center myself. Um, I dealt with a lot of disappointment in COVID. Um, right, I guess when things started shutting down, I remember posting something like, 12 days until Rick game. And I just was so excited and, you know, had a full team ready to go to get that up and running and a cast ready to start rehearsals. Um, and I was just really ready to, to do that project. Um, and I think the blessing in seeing it be paused, postponed and all of the things uh, is that I really got to sit with it in a way that was really personal to me. So all of the um, themes that are in it, like the intersection of faith and how you feel about sex or just the fact that I was dealing with, okay, wait a second, you've never really fully unpacked your experience with sexual assault. Um, or um, I, I tie the play a lot to just healing and emotional wellness and I, what really had to sit here and say, well, where are you at with all of these things? You can speak really well to like the influences in your life and you can speak really well to, you know, the snapshot of your life that you're showing in this play, but where are you at currently? And I thank God for therapy <laughs> because uh, my therapist and I, Dana, shout out to you. Uh, we had many, 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 many conversations that I don't think I would have been able to process if I was directing in the middle of rehearsal, trying to be present and enjoying like, oh, a draft of my play is, you know, living its best life or whatever. Um, it just, it made me focus on myself in a way where I'm really proud because I know that um, the play itself is heavy and everything that I want to do around the play um, I want other people to achieve freedom and I can't help other people achieve freedom and unlock themselves to be free if I'm not free. So I took the time to make sure that I'm free and you know, in this season. Can we, can we talk briefly about, and Seisha, I see your question. I promise you I'll come back to it, but, but you just surfaced two things that I think are really, really powerful. Um, the concept of emotional wellness. Mm, yeah. um, and then you, and then you said, pretty much like you use that amongst other things as a pathway to freedom. Can we stay there for a couple of seconds? Yeah. Because I know that there are a lot of people right now, um, myself included, that are going through that push and pull of what it means to be, you know, some days like <laughs> on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, I feel very heels are alive at the sound of music kind of free. <laughs> yeah. And then on Tuesday, Thursdays and Saturdays, sometimes I feel very, very like trapped inside myself and inside this thing we call COVID. Yeah. And I, th I think it's important to acknowledge that those things sometimes exist like in parallel, like inside our, our, ourselves um, and I don't know if anybody else can also um, resonate resonate with this. Um, Stacia says, "Love them books." Um, you know, I, it, I I don't know if anybody else resonates with the fact that like I, it's both beautiful and terror at the same time. Like I just finished watching this Netflix special about pandemics that got me thinking about the fact that we're in one right now that drove me bonkers. While simultaneously, someone can bring like dinners like like not just like made food but also like 
the preparations for dinner to my house. So I'm living in this like George Jetson, like Alexa call the, and I probably shouldn't say that right now because I'm in the studio, but you know, such and such call and bring me dinner to make. Um, And and it just two hours later just comes to the front door. That's like a privilege and like some like, like, like other world shit. Right. Um, While we're also scared about the survival of us. Yes. (laughs) Us as, you know, a whole and us specifically as black men and women. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about life. That's the thing that makes it bearable is that you may have something that brings you incredible joy at the same time, something that is extremely hard. And those things go hand in hand and they go in balance. And of course there are seasons when everything is great and there are seasons when everything is shit, you know? But I think that's why community is so important because you you come across different people who are on maybe a similar path as you or a completely different path, but we need other people to be able to buoy us up and be able to relate and tell you, you know, your feelings are valid and your experience is valid. And yes, I'm going through this too. Yes, I'm experiencing this as well. And um, be able to uplift. Stacia uh, says energy seasons. Can you talk about what, 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 what the term energy seasons means to you? Um, to me? Yes, to you. I am not familiar with the term energy seasons, but <laughs> I would love to know. Stacia, what do you mean when you say energy seasons? Um, feel free to I drop that into like the chat. I infer, but I, if she has a very specific definition. I was, was going to put you out on the edge and, 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 and just say, like, if you heard the term energy seasons, yeah. what would it mean yeah. to you? It would mean to me that your energy might be different in different seasons based on what is going on in that season. And that's totally fair. My energy is, you know, thank God I know how to get it to where I want it to be. But mm-hmm. realistically, it can be in many different places in a day. <laughs> so I think that for me, it's really important to understand, well, what, what can I do to get me back to that place of being grounded? And to me, that's yeah. meditation, that's prayer, that's checking in with good friends, that's making sure <laughs> I ate today, which I don't always do. Station made it up as well. Station made it up. Station, um, and I'm here for it, okay? I've been thinking about energy changes as like seasons. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, it's something important. And I mean, I guess um, the way we can kind of spin this for something um, good is that, I mean, being mindful of where you are in your energetic season is important. Like yeah. I try to not shit on people when I'm having like a really, really bad day. Um, if yeah. you've not heard from me in three or four days, sometimes it's because I've kind of like sunk into myself and I'm just yeah. not spreading yeah my greed hatred anger and delusion out into the whole world i'm kind of just letting it be um and the the buddha cautions us very very clearly about kind of um making sure that you have good speech good thought and good action Mm -hmm. and sometimes i'm not talking to the people that are closest to me because i'm trying not to be a bitch you know, like every, like if I, like if all I got is shit to say about another human being, 
who's lovable and deserves love like I do, maybe I shouldn't get, be so gossipy with the people that love me that I automatically know are going to take my side. Yeah. Maybe I could just keep that to myself to not create more tension and, and emotional violence in the world. Um, Stacia says the metaphor reminds me that emotions aren't facts and change and change in patterns. Some days feel like emotional winter and others feel like emotional spring. What would you say to that? Yeah. I mean, it's good to be able to chart those things and understand, Ooh, this feels like summer. This feels like spring, but what season is it actually? And be able to get yourself back to that place of like, all right, my feelings may be saying one thing, but I can just as easily dismantle that thought to get me to a place where I am okay, no matter what. And I'm not sitting here to say that in a way where it's like, oh, it's just that easy, but it, it's a practice. Like wholeness and wellness is a practice. And I love to say practice because it reminds me that it's okay if I'm not able to get myself back centered quickly today. It's I'm okay. It's okay if it's okay if I am not able to get myself back centered today. It's okay. Yeah. It is. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Sometimes it's important to just remind ourselves that we're we're all doing the very best that we can. Yeah. A lot of us aspire to do a little better, you know, today than we did yesterday. But at the end of the day, like, especially if you're a person who's trying to put good in the world and, 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 and just do, you know, good in the world and your stories for the purpose of giving freedom to people. If you're that kind of person, it would serve you to just be gentle. Absolutely. Um, because life is already so cruel in so many ways. We, um, to pivot just for a moment, Jerrica, with your permission, yeah. um, there are people in detention centers at our borders who are having coerced, forced surgeries on their body temple. Yeah. Yeah. Brown people. Heartbreaking. Um, yeah. Say that again. I said, and that is heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. And I, I think that it's one of those things where we ground ourselves so that we can actually look those things right in the face. Mm -hmm. Coming full circle, you know, like we don't hold these emotional grounded moments just to be at peace within ourselves as the whole world like goes to shit yeah we use those moments um if stacia's calling it a, a an emotional winter how do we use you know those cold sensations to kind of wake us up to the fact that like hey there's more there's more work to be done Absolutely. I'm making sense or am I off in the bushes? Y'all can let me know in the comments. Sherika, please pull me back from the fire if I go too far um, to the edge. But I'm trying to really figure out what happens when we, you know, you're saying that like, we don't take this for granted. Like we've come through the battle to be able to sit in peace. Like when I'm sitting in Om Namaste, you know, Om Shanti Om, yeah. that's with like my eyeball hanging down here some days, you know? Um, the battle scars can be very real, but once we get there, what do you think all of, all of this, 
um, emotional wellness and freedom compels us to do. Yeah, I think one thing I am constantly reminding myself is that we are better together. So I think kind of what you're saying um, or what I'm hearing from you is how do we live past ourselves? How do we take the freedom that we work so hard for and push that up into the collective? And I think that that's really important. And I think that we all have incredible gifts. We have different strengths and we get to work with each other to fight things like systemic racism, to combat all of these horrible things that are going on with ICE right now. Um, I think a conversation I, I really like to have is around what it means to be an activist or what it means to um, really firmly stand in your, in your feet and on this earth and like do what you are meant to do on this earth. And um, I think it's really important to remember that we work together and that it looks different for every single person. So some of us need more time to fight, to find the peace within ourselves. So then we can show up to be a beautiful part of, you know, humanity all together. And that is okay. No matter how long it takes you to get that, that fight is worth it. And you, you need to do that. And then when we are able to achieve that and, you know, it's not to say that we achieve it for five years and we are just, you know, serving the world. Sometimes it's, we've achieved it for one day and then we're able to serve the world. And sometimes serving the world looks like having a conversation with another person. Sometimes it looks like flying across the country to show up and do something. Sometimes it looks like writing a letter to your elected official. Sometimes it looks like an Instagram post. Sometimes it looks like a beautiful mm -hmm. photo shoot. You know, it looks different. I want to, yeah, I want to toss yeah. this to the viewers, um, nine beautiful Love City viewers all over the country and world, perhaps. Um, what makes you come alive with activism? Where are you engaging activism? What does activism look like for you? Um, one thing I discovered because there's pictures all over the internet of me doing this, um, when I was out there in the streets kind of yelling, yeah. you know, um, what do we want? Justice. What do we want it now? You know, when I was out there doing all of that, um, yeah. it was so emotionally draining on me because I think that some people naturally want to, um, uh, um, protest and fight and pull down systems in that way. And I believe that that is a very, very specific ministry. Um, and that those who want to be out in the streets, there's going to be plenty of time for that. We're not, we, we got another four years of shenanigans, no matter how this dice is. If he's out of here, then he's still going to fight us. Um, if he stays, he's going to fight us. Yeah. So I need people really kind of getting themselves into a space of recognizing that this is going to be a, a bit of a four year trajectory, if not longer yeah. of us needing to be able to ground ourselves. And my point is I could not continually be out in the streets for the sake of my blood pressure and maybe throwing like a couple rocks at some cops. So I've decided to use platforms like this mm -hmm. and my organization to create moments of healing yeah. and activism and loving protests on the platforms that that keep us safe and healthy and also replenishing um re replenishing ourselves yeah stacia says i'm really glad y'all brought up the activism can have different lanes mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. How, how are you, how are you engaging activism these days, Jerrica? Yes. So like you, I enjoy creating a space where people can kind of break down that very question. And I've been talking to a lot of my sorority sisters or coworkers who, or just friends who feel help, helpless and don't really know what to do. And like you do not feel like their ministry is being in the street or maybe the traditional definition of what people think activism is and sitting there and listening and then encouraging like, hey, did you know that you have these gifts? And did you know that they are extremely helpful and that you are adding to the conversation, you are adding to change in whatever way you do that. So I feel like a lot of what I do is I love organizing. I've done a lot to work with my nine to five, um, but then I like energizing. So I love just getting to talk to people, giving them ideas to move forward in whatever way in their own life they need to move forward. And then I'm a writer, so I use my voice in, in a written format um, to help. I love it. Stacia says, um, St Stacia echoes, um, for me, it looks like organizing communities around environmental justice, but focused on land stewardship. Also tending relationships among marginalized beloveds and offering support, emotional and material. I can, I can, I can co-sign that Stacia does those things. Any echo oh, from Stacia? you? Stay, yeah, Stacia's a gift. I can't wait for y'all to cross paths in the Love City ecosystem. Um, as I call you into the playwrights wing of it, she's working um, strategy. Uh, she, her, they, them pronouns are working um, strategy for us to kind of spread this message that um, I fundamentally, and I'm going to lose probably all of the viewers right now by going on a love tirade, but but as long as Jerrica, as long as I got Jerrica, I don't need nobody else. Um, I have this sneaky suspicion that if we join forces if we drop the petty and if we drop the bullshit and we just meet together on wednesday evenings to form bonds of love and appreciation where i see how that 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 suit just hangs ever so gently off of your shoulder so casual like you know <laughs> um you know <laughs> In that love flow, you know, just to behold you and to set you on platform in front of the world, beautiful black woman. I feel like that's the work. I feel like it's equally as important work as, as walking in the street for eight hours. Um, Stacia says, educating white people um, I encounter on systemic racism as part of their active. Oh, no, that's not Stacia anymore. This is cousin Matthew, um, Matthew Vincent Shrink. Um, he says he's one of our white comrades um, in this fight. Um, you know, abolitionists, see who play um, on this path to uh, black liberation. Educating white people I encounter on systemic racism through conversations and social media. Um, and then Kimberly, I guess is saying, lay it on me. I love, 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 love. Yeah. There's this, there's this tribe building, um, that where we're able to cape for black liberation and we're able to be creative and come back to our lovable, um, you know, I don't know what age, what, what age was the age for you, Jerrica, where you were told, um, to get serious and to stop playing so much with your life. 
<laughs> they say they say that children like giggle like 300 times a day and like adults like giggle like 10 to 100 times when was yeah. the last time you giggled 300 times a day? 300 times wow i cannot tell you about 300 times but i will tell you i make it a priority to laugh every day every day um but to answer your question hmm no, that's fine. Stay there. That's fine. I'm with you. Uh, how? How are you laughing every day? Are you laughing at people? Are you laughing about people? Are you? Oh, I laugh at myself, too. I think that's the best thing. Like, never take yourself too seriously. And that's something I've had to, like, break free from. Um, I'm an oldest child, and I don't think it was ever told to me that I had to me be too. serious. Me too. But it definitely happened probably a lot earlier than it should have so how many yeah. younger siblings jerica i have two two younger siblings two me brothers. too we've connected about this before the two younger siblings um yeah maybe it's not something that's communicated maybe you just you know or maybe you know you see this baby come behind you and you're like oh now we caretake as a family and you kind of yeah, any other um, only children um, listening or watching tonight out there? Um, or if you're not an only child, um, let me know what your birth order is so I can make fun of you. Um, you forgotten middle children and you sniveling uh, youngest children. You spoiled brats, you. How about that for... <laughs> I just throw I just throw grenades sometimes. I just throw grenades on purpose. <laughs> there is a place for everybody in the family. Uh, I think I think it's probably cool. Um, but you were asked, how do I how do I laugh outside of laughing at myself? Um, yeah, I mean, she loves a meme. She loves a video. Um, I personally am obsessed with not Carlton Banks. Um, he has a very specific church humor that I just understand very well. Love him. <laughs> Love him. He got into trouble. He got into trouble recently for that video depicting the person in the yeah, congregation I, that was meant. To... You know what? And I knew he was going to. <laughs> like, well, we knew. I mean, comedians kind of step on that line. For those of you yeah. who um, are listening in replay, and uh, for those of you watching live, we're talking about a comedian called Not Carlton Banks. Um, you can find. Uh, him, I believe those are his pronouns on anything on social media and he has these little skits that he does that are different tropes and archetypes of people who are classically found in the African American black church um, oh, hilarious like I am weak every day I love Lily um, Bun, Sis Bun is my favorite though <laughs> yes Yes, I, lo I, I love it. I love it. I've not tracked the characters. I know they all have distinct, like, I know Bun has a bun. Yes. I know that they all have, like, whenever I watch it in passing, I'm always, like, doubled over because I have a, a, a friend group that just leaves memes and, and moments of yeah. black joy on my doorstep yeah. all the time. We actually should start that. We should start, like, a, like a group chat. Well, I'll probably mute it. But we should start, like, something that's, like, a dedicated space for black joy beautiful is there is, is there something like y'all let me know um in the comments if there's a space that's dedicated to black memes and black joy that i'm just not finding maybe that's what black twitter is matt vincent shrinks is um i'm the youngest of two uh kimberly cousins jones says eldest stacia says oldest kimberly says oh, only girl i'm the matriarch 
So the oldest and the only girl, which kind of we I think we we discredit how these birth orders like the way we're socialized has a lot to do with who we are in the world and a lot of our pain points out in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, thank you all for sharing your birth order. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Stacia says out loud, I'll probably mute it. I, you know what, Stacia? I think that idea went up as quickly. I mean, it went down as quickly as it went up because Jerrica was like, I'm not going to be on there. That's what her energy said. And then <laughs> Stacia says, I'll probably mute it. So just listen, get your own. Listen, I mean, get your okay. get your own damn memes where you get your memes. That's your business. Come on, that's your business. I love it. I love it. Um, so where do you see things emerging for you um, as we progress through COVID? I don't, I know for us um, who work in musical theater spaces um, and Broadway and Broadway adjacent spaces, like we're not going to be on any one stage because of the liability of someone getting sneezed on or coughed on the wrong way and then suing the Nieder, Nederlander. Um organization or the schubert foundation or organization so we're not going to be on stage anytime soon in those spaces that we adore um i'm making peace with that by creating art in this way um and shout out to all of the artists that are watching if you want to come on here and chop it up with us on one week the view style you're more than welcome to join we'll be here every week this season is 52 episodes so one for every week we're just going to sit um, Little Miss Muffet on our tuffets and share love. Um, so this is one of the ways that I'm putting art and love into the world for the people who are listening. We've been getting up to like 300 views um, in these various channels. So that's 300 people that are kind of soaking in this love vibration, five watching live. That's chill. Um, how do you see your art not shrinking and diminishing, but expanding in this in this? Uh, as Stacia would say, um, emotional season, energetic season. Energetic season, energetic season. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So not being married to one specific lane or not being, I, the way that I like to put it is not being attached to the outcome. So for me, I wrote this as play and I know it's going to be on stages when you <laughs> were able to do that again, but understanding that it is absolutely okay to present it in other ways. I am not the biggest fan of the Zoom reading, but I am okay with perhaps lending scenes to different people. Like I said, I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. So I, re I recently reached out um, with a collective in Cincinnati who would like to do scenes of it. And I'm like, absolutely. I, I want to support the artists in my town and give them work, specifically black people. It's an all black, it's for black people. <laughs> um, it's an all black cast and give them work that resonates with them. So I'm looking forward to working with more people than I ever would have been able to work with um, if this was going in the way that I thought it would have gone. Um, and then myself, I. I have many loves, many passions, many things that I was working on before COVID and that I'm gonna continue working on afterwards. Um, so this is a beautiful time for me to continue writing more plays, um, but also to, I, to get back to myself really and to sing a little bit here and there, to learn how to play this guitar I got in my room, <laughs> like to, um, to do more creative direction 
um, you, you know, if you go on the Instagram, she's giving looks like to, to do that. She, she's <laughs> giving, she's giving, she's giving all the looks. Um, can we talk for a second about like how you, um, I have a weird relationship with social media. I'm trying not to get dragged under by it. Um, for people that are watching right now, if you want to get tripped out a little bit, but also see the ways in which social media can kind of be um, used as a tool against us. Um, right now on Netflix, there is, I'm going to push you into another, I'm going to talk shit about one algorithm by pushing you into another one called Netflix. Um, but there's a, uh, a documentary that I can't shut up about called The Social Dilemma. And it talks about how anything you're using for free um, in the digital space means that you're the product and they're using you to sell your attention to the highest bidder and they're making money off of you. And sometimes it's not in savory ways. Yeah. Um, what I love about what you're doing, Jerrica, is that you're actually using it as a point of celebration. Like when I'm over there on your page, I'm seeing what happened in that photo um, that that the promo photo for this where you were. Oh, yes. The how, yeah. OK, so that was birthed from a place of, again, just I, I have a similar disdain for social media. And I had actually been talking to my therapist for weeks about just getting back on social media. I did not want to. And she was like, my good sis, you have too many things that you need to share with the world. And you never know who you're going to encourage by what you post, or you never know who you're going to inspire by what you post and vice versa. You never know what you're going to see that might bless you or inspire you. So let's get past all the reasons you don't really want to be there and like use it with intention and purpose. So yes, I got, I, I decided, you know, I can come back. Um, and then I was just hanging out with a close friend. And honestly, we, he had given me notes on my play and child, I said, note taken. Um, but I, I just wanted to have a moment um, to document how I was feeling. And we went on the roof and I had a vision for, just being free and showing what it means to be free, even if something that crushes your soul a bit, like getting some notes on, on your work. Um, well, these, no matter were, these, what. Were, these were unsavory notes. These were like <laughs> things that you didn't want to hear. No, they were absolutely things that I want to hear because I'm always trying to grow. But I was very happy with this draft and there was like, and we can keep working. And I said, wow. Good thing is I planned on keep working. I plan to keep working, so it's okay. But yeah. <laughs> lucky for you, uh, lucky for you, I'm not lucky a quitter. For you, I will actually be working on it for the next eight weeks. But <laughs> lucky for you, I love it. I love, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, that's, no, because yeah. that's how I feel about my singing. It's like lucky for you, I'm gonna sing to you. Lucky for you. Like, who cares if everyone's like, shut up? You know, like, lucky for you. Yeah. You got to love yourself that much, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I David just, says, we feel that. We feel that. Okay. So um, the caption for the post is Still I Rise, obviously, by the beautiful Maya um, Angelou. And I, I, that's just how I felt in that moment. And it was so encompassing of how I felt this entire season. And really this entire year, child, have you ever had those moments when you sit back like, wait a second, 
Um, it's not just like this past month that was hard. It was actually all of the months. <laughs> like there have been many, you know, moments of joy. The whole, summer, the, about, but... the whole summer got swept away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like for a bunch of us, we started this in March. Yeah, yeah. And you're saying that that is a testament to our strength or the fact, or are you saying that we're going to all crack and self-destruct and strip naked and roll in the streets like day after tomorrow? What are you saying? No, I'm saying it's a testament to our strength. It's a testament to our strength that we can find the beauty, that we can find the liberation, the freedom, the ability to soar like a phoenix, no matter how hot those ashes still are, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Who's your um, favorite ancestor? I've been really entertained. I'll give you a moment. I'll riff on this a little moment while you think about it. Um, I, we do a program here at Love City Arts called Won't You Be My Neighbor? We've got a couple awesome people who attend um, watching right now. Shout out to David Kwong Pham, another wonderful playwright, and Stacia, a fabulous writer and thought leader in environmental justice work. Um, they attend the Thursday gathering. And in the recent couple of weeks we've been really centering part of our discussion around what it means to have ancestors um and specifically when we have them or if we find them or if they find us which is another part of this conversation we're about to step into um when we find our ancestors or our ancestors find us what do they say um, the reason why I got here is because you spoke, you pulled over and you put the blinkers on, whether you knew it or not. And you start talking about our beloved Dr. Maya Angelou. Yeah. And immediately I was like, Oh, another ancestor, someone who's not here, who reminds us of who we are as a people who would be some or or one of of of, a, of an ancestor um known or unknown dead or alive that you commune with on the regular Ooh, okay well i cannot say that i commune with this person on the regular but um the person who immediately jumped to my mind and my heart uh his name is Siddiqui fofana he passed away um I want to say maybe three years ago. He's an actor here in uh, in New York. And could you could you drop that spelling on us? And then um, viewers chime in and let me know who your ancestors are and what they're saying to you. Um, if you if you think about it, um, yeah, this concept of uh, of ancestral communication for those of you who are able to go out to the to the leading edge tonight um in the good report um Siddiqui. yes um so it's s-i-d-i-k-i and then fofana f-o-f-a-n-a and i came across Siddiqui um as he was performing in james imes um Kill Move Paradise at National Buck Theater. And that was a show that changed my life. Um, it, it's my favorite show that I've ever seen at National Black Theater, which is a magical, beautiful place. <laughs> I love them. Um, but that, that show changed my life. And at the time I was writing for a publication called Broadway Black. So I was there to review the show and um, 
I was just so struck by his performance in it. And maybe a couple months later, um, he there were, I saw a lot of different Facebook posts going around and a couple of email chains um, talking about how he was sick and um, and asking you know can we, can you donate and pray for him and um, he ended up passing and when he passed I remember there were just beautiful videos put up of just like candid interviews or maybe a project that he was working on where he was just talking about his inspirations and um, why he chose to be an artist and specifically an actor and I, I think it's a little bit because I was so moved by that play, but um, I'm just grateful that I got to see his light. Um, that's what stuck out to me the most was his light, his drive, his gratitude. He was so grateful to be on this earth. He was so grateful to be able to share stories. Um, and I'm, I feel the same way. I'm very grateful to be able to share stories and to give people the space to share stories. So when I feel like I am being intentional and wanting to interact with his energy or just even think about him. Um, what I hear or what I feel in my spirit is to always be grateful for the opportunity that you have. Um, kind of tying into like social media and what we were talking about earlier. Um, I really felt in my spirit, like I was wanting, or I, I was really anxious about like, okay, I feel like I want, to, I want to have a great platform to be able to share these stories. And I just heard you are the platform. You already have the platform. You, you, you are the person who builds the platform. So, um, yeah, I always hear it be great. Platform. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Be mm -hmm. grateful. Can we take a moment with our um, viewers and those who will be listening a little later and just settle into a moment of unapologetic gratitude? Not as something to strive for or to reach for, but something to have and to hold right now. Jerica is telling us that to be grateful is part of the magic that decreases suffering in her life mm -hmm. and allows a space of a bit more of expansion. And so I just want to take a moment since this is the good report um, to just carve out a moment of gratitude, gratitude for the gifts that we have. And maybe the gifts are too big tonight. Maybe you don't have any gifts that come to mind. Maybe it's just you and your breath. And so just centering ourselves in that as the great gift of the moment, the fact that we're able to just breathe together.
in this little space that we set aside. Oh man, we got 24 hours in the day. And so we are now setting aside just a minute or two, not a weird way or a woo-woo kind of way, but just carving out a few seconds in time to be grateful. Because as I've said before, there are so many streams and feeds and inboxes that are just pushing that things are falling apart. In a lot of ways, they are. But also, at the same time, there are wonderful things happening. And we gather intentionally on Wednesday night to share in space with friends or those things. The idea that because we have the tools, we have the capacity to incite change. Because we have the tools. All of us who are watching this and, and sharing with each other right now in this space and the countless others that will share in it after We've got access to these wonderful communication tools, Google Docs, Adobe Acrobat, Twitter, Facebook, all of, the, all of these things that people are monetizing and using for ill intent. We have an opportunity, as Jerrica said earlier, to be in the spaces being our own version of light. And for that, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. What are you grateful for in the comments? We won't be here for very long. This is when we're, this is how we land the plane, Jerrica. What are you grateful for? What's coming up for you? For me? Yeah. For, for life. I know that sometimes seems like the obvious answer, but truly for life, um, it's not promised. So I'm grateful every single day that I'm here and try to make it as much of a habit as I can to just ask, what am I, what is my assignment today? <laughs> like, how can I, how can I use this day in the way that I'm meant to? So I'm grateful for life. I'm immensely grateful for family, the friends that become family, um, the strangers that become family. Um, I said community is everything. So I'll use community if that is a word that might resonate more with some other people, but those things for sure, the, the ability to create. I think sometimes I spend a lot of my life wishing that I once I could just do something that was more straightforward, but I thank God I was chosen to be a creator, to be an artist. Yeah. And to bring healing into the world through that. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for being on the good report tonight. 
Absolutely. Thank you I, for having me. I think you're wonderful. Um, we're going to breathe together, do one more round of breathing on our way out of here. Um, just to anchor our week. I want to thank everybody who's been watching for the last hour or so. This space exists to kind of like focus our energy on the good that's happening in the world. Um, yeah. You'll, you know, you can pick up your phone now and get how everything is falling the fuck apart. Um, but we intentionally gather in this space on Wednesdays to hold a candle and a moment of remembrance for what is uplifting yeah. and what is good in the world. And Jerrica, you are what is good in the world. Andre, you, you are. are what is good in the world too, my friend. What about you? Thank you for saying that to me out loud. And there's a, and you know as well as I know that there's a lot of information and a lot of feedback that would try to make you believe that you're not enough mm. or that there's more to do. Yeah. 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 But you are good in the world. I receive that. You're good in the world. So on that, everybody who's here, we're going to focus on 11 minutes past the top of the hour, 11 minutes that we can never get back. We breathe in and we breathe out on the good that we wish to bring in the world a little moment at a time. We know we can't fix all the fuck shit overnight, but we just dedicate ourselves to just putting a little more good in the world yeah. day by day by day. That's what I seek to inspire in our listeners and viewers and followers and tribe. Um, none of this is about, a need for fame and clout, but it's all anchored in making sure that we survive this dusty motherfucker. <laughs> because there's two ways that we can walk through this. We can walk through this in, in incredible competition and suffering and I'm better than you. Or we can walk through it as, hey, brother, sister, friend, I see you. I support you. I wish you well in the world. Let's build together. The last thing that I want to share and then I'll let everyone go is that I think it's response. I think it's important that we take a responsibility for calling out bad behavior when we see it. And we all have opportunities in our lives to call a thing a thing. Yeah. And I think it's going to be very healing as we walk forward over the next week, weeks, months, years through all of this. It's very important that people who are good, like everyone who's watching now and that will listen later and like yourself, Jerrica, it's important that when we see things like what's happening um, at the ICE detention centers, the illegal detention centers and when we see the bloodshed of black and brown bodies that we don't just turn away and and that we that we say this is evil yeah. um, and that and that if right now it's at mentions and things like that it is it is evil and that we name the bad behavior a lot of people i feel are afraid to even say that bad behavior is bad behavior. Hey, it's causing harm. It's causing suffering. People are, are 
pained by this. I'm I'm allowed. I may not be able to walk to Texas, um, but I should take it and it should be incumbent upon me to go. That is evil and wrong, and to say it over and over again until someone pays attention. That's on the good people. That's not on that. You can't be waiting on the bad people to say that. I feel like that's on us, right? Yeah. I love that challenge and call really call to action. Yeah. So that's, um, that is the call to action for this week until we meet again next week. I think next week we have Jess Grippo and Jillian coming from you can dance again. It's Jess Grippo. And then Jillian's part of minor and music. Uh, we've had lots of beautiful, divine, feminine energy come through here. Most of our viewership and listenership with Love City Arts is mostly um, ladies um, or people who identify um, as women um, with a couple bold, compassionate, courageous men in the mix to hold down that, that masculine energy. Um, but because of that, we have a lot of wonderful um I think you're like the first black girl magic that we've had. Speaks in tongues in silence. Yes. <laughs> I thank you for your tongues in silence and your tongues in word. Um, your gift to the world. Um, everybody know that I'll be putting um, Jerica's uh, contact information, both um, the dot com, uh, share your co contact information with everyone who may want to follow you and see this kick-ass Instagram layout. Oh, you are too kind. Um, don't judge too harshly. I am rearranging. But at overzealous, O-V-R-Z-L-O-U-S or overzealous.com, same spelling. Or you can email me directly, Jerrica, J-E-R-R-I-C-A, at overzealous, O-V-R-Z-L-O-U-S, dot com. And uh, I guess, I think we alluded to this before, but I am doing this um, thing where I'm holding space for people to have conversations with me about really anything under the sun. I'm looking at it as kind of either an alternative or introduction to what therapy session might look like for you. Um, I'm trying to decide if therapy or going down a, a path of becoming a licensed therapist is something that I am interested in. So if you'd like to sign up for a heart to heart is what I am calling them. Either DM me on my Instagram or you can email me directly. Yeah. And we'll make sure all of your contact information gets on lovecityarts.org. And also those of you who are watching right now, the moment that we tune off here, you'll see um, at overzealous in our show notes for the evening. Jerrica, you are a gift um, to this world um, by an extension of the fact that you're here and that you said yes to us. Thank, Thank you, you for- My internet, I think is acting a little crazy, but if by any chance you can hear me, Thank you so much, Andre. You are a gift to the world and thank you for all that you do with Love City Arts. Thank you, my friend. Um, it was frozen on you in the most beautiful of ways. Um, we love to see it. Just a snapshot of, of your wonderful soul. Um, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for creating this.